The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Using faith to make it okay, like, whereas, like, like, you know, like, saying they're absolving you of your sins and things like that and call it, like, like, using your background and using it against you and finding out the worst nightmares of your life and using it against you. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's like, that's why that's it's just, just... That's cult behavior. That's, sci- that's what Scientology does. <laughs> oof, 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 oof. <laughs> well, welcome to page seven, everybody. We can't talk about the keepers here. Oh. Oh, excuse me. I just said welcome to page seven. Welcome to Section of the Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. I'm living in Keeper's Town. <laughs> well, we gotta wait till our pop culture show. I for know, that one. but it's not. It's so much. Oh, oh, oh. I'm fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, I got some good news. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> please, please get me out of Keeper's Town. Uh, I, I think uh, I'm ready to stop doing therapy for a little while. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think I've got like one, maybe two more sessions to go uh, because for the last, I would say like three sessions, I'm kind of going in and it just kind of feels like I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine and yeah. like just kind of talking about, you know, maybe like problems or something that's bothering me here and there. Uh, but I kind of feel like I'm there. I'm like, I don't really need to do this because I think I finally got all the tools because that's what therapy is all about. It's about giving you the tools necessary to navigate your own life and to deal with problems as they come. Uh, And I've had recently a lot of the problems that have uh, come at me in the past that I wasn't really able to deal with that I would struggle with for an entire week until I got back to therapy so I could finally talk about them and have a little bit of a breather and have a release. But I'm finding that now that those problems come I'm able to deal with them, deal with them quickly, deal with them myself, and then just kind of set them aside. And it's a pretty fantastic feeling. Uh, And even my therapist has said in the last few, she's like, I think we're getting close to the end here, at least the end of this time, because I'm not naive enough to say that I'm going to be able to go the rest of my life without therapy, that I'm never going to be going through something that I might not be able to handle on my own, that I might, you know, not need help with. Uh, I'll probably end up going back someday. I'm young. I'm only 34. Uh, There's going to be times in my life where I might need it. But I think for right now, at least in this level of my life, this stage in my life, I think I'm okay. I think that's an interesting thing to really acknowledge as well, that I feel that people that have never done therapy before or in the beginning of therapy had never done it before and that kind of thing, to realize that it is a cycle, that there are times that if you are constantly working on it and that you are aware of your problems and you're actually working on it, there is an end to the cycle yeah. at some point, that that no matter what you're dealing with, that you can work hard enough that there will be an end to the cycle. Some people don't. Some people, you're just in therapy and you're in therapy forever. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. But as long as you're working towards something, that there can be a break, that if you're worried that... Uh, like I won't be able to pay for this forever. I won't be able to, or in the next six months, I won't be able to pay for this and that kind of thing. It's being able to figure those things out in your future and plan for them mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and this is the uh, kind of second cycle of therapy that I've gone through. I went to therapy for about three years and then stopped going for six months. And this last cycle I've been in for about two. But I would say it's encouraging that this cycle uh, was shorter 
than the last one. Uh, and I think the first cycle is probably going to be your longest one uh, all the time because that's when you're kind of like, okay, well, let's start mining my entire life. Right. Let's start unraveling everything that's happened to me or at least all of the big things that have happened to me. Uh, and that's going to take a little longer to unravel all that shit. But then, you know, life goes through changes. You know, people change. I changed. Uh, and when I changed uh, and when I hit my last big uh, bipolar episode, uh, I had to go and get some help to get through that shit because it was a bipolar episode that was much like my first one. But the first one that I went through, I didn't go through therapy while I was going through that. I was just on medication uh, and just dealing with life as it came. But this time I was going through the same sort of thing, but I had the added bonus of, oh, I can get help for this. I can possibly not fuck up this time as much as I fucked up the last time that this happened. And I also don't have to go through the misery and the pain that I went through the first time. So that made this a lot easier. But now that I've gone through it, I'm on the right medication because, you know, if you'd listened to the show for a long time, you know that the reason why I hit that cycle, not the only reason, but one of the big reasons was because I was on the wrong kind of medication. Uh, there are two different kinds of medication that I'm on. There's the immediate release and then the uh, extended release, and I'd been on the immediate release, uh, and it fucked me up. So I had to go through a period of learning how to deal with all that shit all over again and also learning how to deal with a new brain uh, because that's the other thing about taking medication uh, is that sometimes you're dealing with a new brain. You're dealing with a new way to think about things. You've got avenues that are open to you that weren't necessarily open for you before. And sometimes without therapy or somebody to talk all this shit over with, you don't even know those avenues are there. You don't even know that it's possible to go down that road. Uh, but with therapy, uh, it's easier to find those roots to contentment because there are no roots to happiness through therapy and medication. All that shit is up to you completely. Uh, but at the very least, you can find a route to contentment where you can actually find that route to happiness. What would you say out of this last round were the biggest tools that you learned? Something that was different from before? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Too big of a question. That's a, that's a gigantic <laughs> question. No, that's a that's a fucking that is a that is a huge one. Um, I think some of the biggest things that I learned this time uh, was dealing with the paranoia because the paranoia was what came out so strong this time. Uh, that was there before, but for some reason the paranoia ratcheted up so much harder on this one. And I think one of the big things that I learned from this round of therapy in dealing with the paranoia and specifically in dealing with the paranoia in my relationship is talking about it with Carolina is uh, coming straight out and saying like, Hey, I know this is crazy. I know this isn't true, but I can't stop thinking about it. Can we please just talk about it? Can I please just tell you this? Because I have to get out of my head. I need you to know that it is not real. I know it's not real, but I cannot stop thinking about it. Let's get it all out in the open. You know, and if you have those sorts of thoughts, you got to have a partner that's cool with that. You got to have a partner that's not going to take that personally. I mean, it's impossible to not take it at least a little bit personally. Right. Uh, that's just human. And that's totally understandable. But you need to have someone who's not going to get pissed off at you for it. And that's 
different. That's a huge difference between somebody who's going to get angry when you tell them about these paranoid thoughts and someone who's going to get a little hurt, but is still going to understand and is still going to stand by it through all that. That was a huge thing for me. I mean, on a on a lesser note, I had to deal with that a little bit recently lately um, with Doug's new position at work. He's been hanging out a lot with his female co-workers, mm-hmm. hanging out a lot. And I don't have a lot of t- extra time to just go into the city and hang out with them. And it got to a point that one night that I was like, I'm sorry. I need to see the pictures. I need to see their pictures. I need to see. I need to see when you talk about them. And he talked about it. It wasn't like he was hiding it. It wasn't anything like that. And usually I can keep my jealousy in check because that's jealousy. It's not even paranoid. But I mean, it was to the point that I was like, you talk about all these people. Can I just see what they look like? Mm -hmm. And he showed me. He went through and he showed me what they all looked like. He's like, this is the one that I was telling you that did this. And And now that I can put a face to who he's talking about, not that they were busted or anything. I mean, they were you know, all fairly attractive women. Just knowing what they looked like helped me visualize it. Yeah. I needed to see it on a bigger picture, but he wasn't upset at all because I talked about it rather than me just being like, but in your mind, Ew. like you're imagining him hanging out with like six Emma stones, just hot <laughs> girls, especially one of them. He's like, well, she's 21. And then we were walking through central park and we met up with a bunch of her, uh, her 21 year old friends. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were out with people. So I didn't say anything. And then by the time we got, I was just like, you can't. And then I saw her. She's like, she looked like a child. Yeah. I mean, she was a kid. I thought, well, there's something. But, you know, your mind blows it up, blows it up, blows it up, blows it up. That if you don't say something, it becomes worse. Yeah. You got to just say it. Yeah. But if he was the kind of person that got really pissed off about something like that, we wouldn't have open communication. And we yeah. wouldn't talk about this kind of stuff. And you wouldn't have a good relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think that that tool, just using that, whether you're in therapy, whether how big or how small the problem is, just... It helps. Yeah. And I mean, you have to do the whole, it's like you get the look. Like, I mean, you know, he definitely looked at me of like, okay, <laughs> yes, I will do this. But, you know, and that's fine. That's uh, fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. Like, that was fair. <sighs> All right. All right. Fine. All right. <laughs> you know? Fine. 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 I just had to, I just yeah. had to do it. And that, doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean that it, you have to tell them about like every little tiny thing that comes in your head no. because that's obnoxious. Uh, but if it's just something that's just bothering you that you cannot get out of your head then yeah talk about it go for it and another thing that i also learned was uh, again with the paranoia uh is to not automatically think the worst about people uh right. to not automatically think uh that everyone has an agenda against you uh, of course everybody has their motivations but not necessarily an agenda uh and not necessarily against you specifically. No, because most people are selfish. Yeah. They're uh, not thinking about you. No, they're not thinking about you at all. But no, it's for me, it was like people trying to right. actively harm me. Uh, and people trying to like actively destroy me. But making these huge webs, these gigantic, elaborate plans to d- d- destroy me and mine. And I learned how to reroute that type of shit. You know, just through either like writing it out or just sitting there and thinking and rerouting your brain uh, out of those fucking negative thought patterns and also trying to murder negative thought patterns and to learn how to separate a negative thought pattern that has no basis from genuine concern. Uh, And that was very difficult to be able to do. But I think I've got a pretty good handle on it now. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm cured 
or anything stupid no, like that. None of us can be. None of us can be. It's not, it's all maintenance. Uh, you know, this is for the rest of my life. And, you know, and who knows in, in 10 years, I might have another break and I'll have to go right back. I'll have to go on the internet and find out where my doctor is now and then say like, please say you're still doing this. Please say you're still doing this. I need this. But it's good. It's healthy to acknowledge that you've hit a good changing point. And also I've hit a good changing point that has lasted for months. Right. Like we've been, me and her have been talking for months now that like, and in agreement that I am nearing the end, uh, that I'm getting to a point where I can fly off on my own and I'll be totally fine. And I think that's an important thing to have your therapist also say, yes, I agree with you. Right. I think you're, I think you're good. Uh, because I mean, these therapists, I mean, they have plenty of patients. No, they're not there to pump money out of you. Sure, some are. Uh, but, but most of them don't get into that for that reason. Yeah, but for, yeah, I mean, do you know how much shit you got to go through to be a therapist? Oh you God. know, <laughs> how much awful work you have to go through uh, to get to that point? These people, uh, the vast majority are getting into it because they want to help people and they're not there to pump money from you. I, I know at the very least my therapist, you know, the goal uh, is to not do it anymore. The goal is to get a person to the point where they don't need to do it anymore uh almost a physical therapy type thing where you you know eventually you don't need to go to physical therapy anymore you have gotten yourself strong enough where you can go out there on your own and i think a lot of therapists that's what they want that's what they try to do for people mm -hmm. uh so i think it is important to get at the very least an acknowledgement from your therapist that everything is going to be okay everything's going to be fine uh because right, if they say otherwise Maybe you should listen to him. Maybe you should listen to him, or yeah. at the very, or at the very least, talk about talk about it. why yeah, talk they about, don't think right. Yes, and don't get mad and don't get pissed off. You know, talk about and if you do get mad and pissed off, maybe you should ask yourself why you're getting mad and pissed off. Right, you know, because there, you know that they're right. Yeah, or, you know, it's like I mean, that's usually the case. Yeah, that's usually the case. Uh, so yeah, talk about why they think you should keep seeing them and see see where it goes from there. But this has been a, a months long process between me and her of preparing for the day when I don't need to go back there every Monday morning. Hell yeah. Uh, and, and I know like last time, cause they were closed on Memorial day. And so the last time I went was about a week and a half ago. And you know, I left, she was like, yeah, you know, see you in two weeks. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, uh, you weren't yeah. devastated. I was would have been in the past. I, I was always like we'd we'd reschedule in the past mm -hmm. or she was gone on Memorial Day. Then we would absolutely reschedule. I would move my entire schedule around to try to still get a day that week. But now uh, with this, like she didn't even ask me if I wanted to reschedule. Uh, she just said she wasn't going to be there. And like, all right. Cool. See you in two weeks. And now it's, you know, been almost two weeks and I haven't had a moment. You know, because there's a difference between an episode and a moment. Right. And I haven't had a moment. And I think that's a fucking great sign. Hell uh, so yeah. So I'm going to go in on Monday and uh, we're going to talk and I'm going to say like, hey, I, I think I think I'm good now. Uh, and ask her, like, do you think we need to do one more or can this be kind of the last one? And I got to admit, I'm going to miss the hell out of her. Yeah. I saw her every week, almost every week for like 
five years. She's a great person, you know? Like, she's cool as shit. So yeah, you can still like, hit her up every once in a while and every, email back and forth every once in a while. Yeah, but I don't want to have to. That's the funny thing is that, like, we are, since we have known each other for so long, but we do still very much acknowledge, like, I pay you for a service. Right. Like, we, we have to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to totally, you have to keep, that's the other thing with a, a therapist is that you have to keep that separation. And you have to realize that. I mean, we're... It's it's we're close, but I also pay her for a service. I kind of pay her to be close. It's like the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. I never saw Sopranos. Well, you know, he wanted more, and she knew that they couldn't be. <laughs> Getting into page seven I'm territory. I'm sorry, it's where my brain always lives. I, if I'm in a good spot, that's where my brain lives. I know, and I understand that. But right. congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm in a good spot. Hell yeah. All right. Hakuna ma fuck it. Hakuna ma fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into uh, our first question. Hey, Marcus and Jackie. Thank you for all that you do with all the Cave Comedy Radio shows. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I frequently listen to all of them. They help keep me sane. Whenever I see a new episode on any of the podcasts, I know that the day will be much better. I know that you work incredibly hard to put episodes out, so thank you very much. It truly helps me get through the week. Thank you very thank much you. for listening. We always appreciate it. Oh, and also thank you to everybody out in Toronto who uh, listens to the show and has such amazingly kind words to say. Hell yeah. You guys are fucking great. Toronto's the shit, man. Yeah, Toronto's pretty yeah. great. Dirty town. Yeah, I, I kind of love it, but also very clean. Yeah. <laughs> that is true at the You're same right? time yeah it's, it's, it's dirty but it's very clean yeah all right here's what she says i would like to ask for your advice on getting through my anxiety and depression problems growing up my mom was emotionally unavailable and my dad was a drug addict i was also the oldest of three girls and i felt the overwhelming need to protect my sisters due to this i've always struggled with depression and anxiety i ignored it until i was kicked out of my mom's home and it quickly became too much i ended up in a psychiatric hospital after my boyfriend caught me trying to overdose on pills my boyfriend has since been there from every step of the way he has been extremely patient with me and is willing to try anything to help me. He is a truly amazing man. The problem is I have a hard time expressing my emotions. I couldn't really do it as a kid, so when I try as an adult, it's awkward. It often causes fights and complicates our relationship. On top of that, my anxiety levels are increasing, even with my new medication. How do I find a better way to express my emotions? What are some better ways to cope with my anxiety? Again, thank you for all your hard work. I can't say that enough. Thank you for taking time to read this email. We didn't even get her name. Jackal teeth. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so what do you strong. think? Jackal teeth are strong. <laughs> um, I actually am good friends with someone who is in a very similar relationship to you. My question is, is how, how close are you to your sisters? Yeah. I find that that is a good place to look. The friend of mine has had quite a past with abusive relationships due to her past as well, but her sisters have gotten her through everything, and... And I've talked to her a lot about how she interacts with her sisters because she's always been close to them and has always protected them because she was the oldest. And I find that, like, look to your sisters for help on this if you guys are close. Mm -hmm. That they are the ones that know the anxiety. They know the exact place that you are in. That if you are able to connect with them, that you know that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't do it, but, you know, you, you separate yourself very easily from other people. That if this guy is such a great guy, maybe you're not in the place to be with someone. Yeah. That that you got to go to therapy you have to start talking about these things because having parents like that that just destroy you, that ruin you, I don't know if they're still in your lives or not. And I know that you said your mother kicked you out, but try to not talk to them. Yeah. 
try to keep your sisters close. They are your family. Keep that. And if you're not close to your sisters, you should reach out to them Mm -hmm. because they're the only ones in your life. I mean, I've read so many articles about that. that It's like it's not your spouse. It's not your parents that you're the closest with. It's your siblings. And it's the hardest to have a rift between siblings because they're the ones that know you the most. No matter what, even if you were never close growing up, they have this, it's the same. Yeah. And especially if you grew up in the same house like that, that I mean, dealing with anxiety, it's like it's coming back to just talking to someone that knows exactly what you went through. Mm -hmm. That really can help calm you down and, and acknowledge more like and through therapy to acknowledge what these triggers are for you that remind you of your home life. That hopefully, I don't know if you've moved away from your hometown, but if you're able to, change your environment. Try to like create something, make a career, work towards something, it helps. Well, she says that she's uh, bad at expressing her emotions, and I would imagine that probably runs to her family as well. Right. Uh, because even if the you know, siblings are fairly close, then they, they, it's still, like, some people have a hard time expressing their emotions, even to the person that, that they're closest to. And being able to express your emotions is, is very difficult to be clear about, especially when you're uh, talking about something that is sensitive, either to them or to yourself. So, like, when you talk to your siblings, I don't know, maybe don't make it such a big deal. Uh, do it casually. Do a, some sort of a casual uh, type of like, hey, do you remember when this happened with mom? What did you think about that? Like, how did you feel about that? Or like, do you remember that the same way that I remember that happening? And that could help you open up to them and try to figure out some shit with your anxiety. And then once you figure out how to talk to your sisters about your emotions, then that'll be make it easier to talk to your partner about right. your emotions. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I don't think I was saying it properly. That's what, I mean, that's what I was trying to get at. That it's yeah. like, even if you guys write each other letters, yeah. then it's not, it's like if it's something about talking on the phone that you're just not that into or, or, or talking in person that you're not that into... Writing letters, you can say a lot more just with the way you write things than you think. Yeah. I had a close friend who had started doing that, uh, just writing letters, uh, because he also had a hard time expressing his emotions. And uh, he wrote a letter to somebody that he was uh, having some problems with, and that's what got through to them. You know, that that's what uh, that person was like, okay, now I understand what you're saying. Now I understand what you're talking about because I understand what it's like to try to express your emotions and you get flustered and the other person might interrupt you before you really get to your point and that's hard to do because talking about your emotions is very awkward. It's, 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 yeah. it's very difficult but you could also ask the other person I need you to just listen to me and this is going to take me a long time to get to where I'm going uh, and I might say some things that you might take some issue with, but I just need you to listen to me until I tell you I'm done. Sometimes just in that sort of talking, then you come upon the truth. You come upon what you really want to say and that could help you. And especially when you have to, when you're forcing yourself to put it into your own words, Mm -hmm. you find it within yourself. The more you talk or the more you write, it will come out. Which sometimes I find that it surprises you. I mean, I've written uh, letters before to people that have hurt me in the past and that kind of thing. Or, you know, we talked about that on here before that I'll start to write. And then all of a sudden it was like, I didn't even realize that that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And it just kind of pours out of you. And in a way that you just uh, you feel like it's almost as if you 
it's like, oh, I'll never send this letter. Mm-hmm. But you, you should. Yeah. You do send the letter. But I, I feel it's the same almost as what we do on this podcast here that sometimes I'm like, this is me and Marcus talking. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's listening to this. We're just, we're just like, it's a way for us to open up. Exactly. Because it's just the two of us in a room. But it's not. No. But that's, <laughs> but that's, but that's the way my brain thinks of it. Yeah. And it helps me communicate more it helps me express more of how i'm feeling about things if you do end up writing a letter uh make sure that they know like hey everything's cool yeah like every everything's good uh i am not like this isn't there's nothing bad in here there's nothing terrible like this is just just don't like i have a hard time expressing what i want to say and i'm hoping that maybe this can express it maybe this can explain what's going through my head a little bit more but make sure to to, you know not just like hand it or like mail it to them without saying anything right (laughs) because then it might scare them yeah then then it might scare them and then if that's the case if they might be scared opening it up then they're already kind of reading it with like anxiety in mind like like oh my god what is this what is this going to be uh and that might color it a little bit so just make sure that everyone knows that everything's cool I'm very new to this, but I feel like I don't know if this might help you at all. Um, I haven't been listening to them, but it's just over the past few days, I've started talking aloud to myself about how I feel about things. Oh, yeah? And recording it and then deleting them. Huh. Yeah. I feel like at some point maybe I'll listen to them, but I find that the way, because I, you know, I write a lot, but I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. I like to, I'm, I'm an auditory person. I want to hear what I have to say, or at least just get it out in that way. And I've been recording what I think about things and then deleting them. Interesting. Yeah. I've, it's been weirdly helping me. I don't know why I started doing it. I think it was like, oh, I'm just going to try this. And then I did it for like two hours. I wow. just talked about stuff. Wow. Yeah. It's it's weird how when there's something actually recording you, you feel like you're talking to somebody. And it made me feel the need to keep going. Yeah. And then I just started talking about how I felt about certain things that were kind of bothering me. And um, I felt a lot better afterwards. And I felt like I got something done. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't anything that was directed towards anybody. It was just my own brain stuff that I needed to come out of my mouth for me to feel better about it. I mean, I was alone in the house, mm-hmm. which not everybody has that, but I, I feel like I would do it. I mean, there's a bunch of people that talk aloud to themselves all the time in New York City. It's like, I feel like I can sit in a park and do it. No mm-hmm. one would really bother me. It looks like you're talking into your, you know, your Bluetooths. Go to a Denny's bathroom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that taking care of yourself is key right now. And the more you become comfortable with yourself, the easier it will be to communicate your feelings. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's all we got time for on today's section of the human activities. Thank you very much for writing in, everybody. We've uh, got dozens of letters and not much time to read them in. <laughs> June's going to be more free. We're going to get more stuff done. June's going to be a lot more free. I'm, I'm taking the month off. Uh, we're, last podcast is taking the month off from shows from June 10th to July 14th. So we're going to have a lot more time. So uh, hopefully we'll get to yours if you got anything uh, that you want to say. Write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com and make noise and be free, fuckers. Bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.